Hello and welcome to the August 11th edition of the Daily Come On Now MMA podcast. I am your host, Trent Reinsmith, and let's jump right into it for today. Zabit Magomed Sharapov was supposed to fight Yair Rodriguez on August 29th? Yeah, August 29th. Uh, Rodriguez pulled out due to injury. And Zabit wanted an opponent in the top five. He is currently ranked number three. Rodriguez ranked number five. He tried to get a... I tried. Zabit tried to talk himself into a title fight. That did not happen because... Volkanovski said that he is not a replacement fighter and he is not because he's a champion no reason to take a fight on short notice and risk losing your title just just because and so now Zabit is not fighting and I don't really mind this because this is a good uh it's a good reminder to everyone that the UFC counts on fighters to just kind of accept what they, what the promotion gives them. So if you want to get paid, you take the fight regardless. And why should someone like Zabit risk a fight against a non-top five opponent on short notice? when it will do nothing for him it won't move him up the rankings it'll get him a paycheck and that's about it and if he's someone who's not really concerned about a paycheck and is looking more long term well then then you do what's right for you and not what's right for the promotion now we know that might hurt him down the line because the UFC expects its fighters to do what's right for the promotion more than it expects them to do what's right for them. But that's a chance uh, that's worth taking if uh, if you believe in yourself and you have a goal in mind and that goal is based on what you want, not what anybody else wants. So I would like to see more of this. I understand why it doesn't happen more because of the whole pay structure. But really, this is the way things should work. If you lose your opponent and it's in the top five, you should get an opponent that's also in the top five. If not, where's the benefit for you in the big picture? Other, other than that paycheck, where's the benefit for you? Say you fight someone ranked 15th. What's that do? It does nothing. You win, you were supposed to win, you lose, you're no, no, you're no longer number three. And then it's a long road back. So, I just wanted to say that, that I, I appreciate what Zabit's doing here and hopefully this doesn't come back to bite him in another way, which we know it definitely could.
Roman Bogatov did not have a good UFC debut. If you recall, he made his debut. Um, he was 10-0 and and had six finishes. So, good prospect. And things did not go, like I said, did not go well in his UFC de debut. He uh, fought Leonardo Santos, poked him in the eye, um, and hit him with a low blow, and then kneed him when he was down, had a two-point deduction, and lost 29-26 for his first professional loss. Not only that, one of the guys in his corner had a neo-Nazi symbol tattooed on his elbow and when asked about it had a less than fine reason for it being there more or less said that he the uh, the image the symbol means one thing to him and another to other people which he never said what the symbol meant to him, so that's not the best, not the best defense. So Bogatov was released, and no one, and he said that he did not receive a reason for that release. So, not to speculate, but I mean, he was ten and zero, and and looked like someone that could do some some good in the UFC but to release him after one loss just just because of the fouls eh, I don't know if that's I don't know if that flies you know maybe you, you give him another chance unless you're paying him more than the, the normal rate for a debuting fighter but yeah it's a it's a questionable release I think on, on all fronts unless there was something deeper the UFC knew about with the uh, with the corner I don't really know um, yeah, it was it was really it was really weird to have someone even with all those fouls get released after one fight so it'll be interesting to see if he goes on another run if they bring him back and if they do, if that same coach is in his corner. But, yeah, an odd an odd release, especially not to give someone a reason. I mean, if you release someone, shouldn't you, shouldn't you really, you know, tell them why? Seems reasonable to, to uh, let them know the reason they are no longer employed by you other than we're going to terminate your contract. Good luck. But UFC, so who's to say? I am putting together a list of questions I would like to see posed to Dana White. I don't expect these questions to be asked. I will ask them myself of the UFC, and I am... 99.9% .9 sure that I will not get an answer. One of those one of those questions is why 
Edmund Shabazian was fined for the flag he displayed in the octagon for his recent fight with Derek Brunson. So according to Shabazian's coach, um, Edmund Trevardian, they displayed a Artsakh flag. Um, Shabazian and Trevardian are both Armenian. And here's what um, Tarvardian had to say. And this part is kind of confusing as well. But anyway, here's his quote from um, sportnews.am. Last year, the UFC was sold to big Chinese companies and everything changed there. There are changes in the management or the, of the organization. People with big names are in charge of this organization. I wasn't called and informed that the Turkish embassy in Russia and Turkey had complained about the Artsakh flag and said that the Armenians were, quote, terrorists and had no right to go to the octagon with the flag. There were also complaints from the Azerbaijani embassies and Turkey and Russia. Uh, as of August 5th, we were not penalized during the phone call. I said that we were trying to show that we stand by our country. We represent Armenia. In this way, we present our complaint about the recent tense situation in Tavushan that Artsakh is, is our country. Armenians live there and we must defend our nation. The goal of our team in the United States is to represent the Armenians, the Armenian nation, our country in all major tournaments. Edmonds coming out of the octagon with the flag of Artsakh had exactly that mission. Um, he says that they were denied their Reebok uh, compliance pay uh, and then goes on. It's a pity, but the Azerbaijani and Turkish embassies achieved their goal. I want everyone to know about this. I'm sorry the UFC staff suffered because of us. There was no such thing as harming there was no such thing as harming the UFC. I do not feel bad about the financial penalty. I feel even worse. Someone else suffered because of us. And, yeah, the UFC allegedly fired a 20-year-old a, a 20 year employee because of this. And that's the part that bothers me, as well as the not being allowed to display the flag. To think that some 20-year-old would know... The, the background of this flag is kind of ridiculous because obviously I, I would I would say that no one in the UFC outside of it if unless anyone's of a Armenian heritage would know this so I mean why not just give this person a a warning of some sort but to fire him seems a little extreme and this is the reason the uh, explanation bothers me. And this is from the letter that the Azerbaijani Consulate General sent to the UFC. Um, says, according to the UFC rules, it has been noted that only the flags of internationally recognized states are allowed to be demonstrated 
and taking appropriate disciplinary measures against Armenian fighter for attempts to politicize competition and not to repeat such cases in the futures has been demanded. And that was from the, like I said, the Consulate General of Azerbaijan. So they made these demands of the UFC and of Dana White and Shabazian was penalized. Um, the employee was allegedly fired. Now, if you look into this case a little deeper, you can find multiple times that flags of uh, nations or just flag flags that are not representative of internationally recognized nations have been used by fighters in, in inside the octagon. So that excuse as to why Shabazian was fined and as to why the uh, employee was fired hold no water. This is again the UFC trying to make it sound like it has rules when something comes down on them when clearly if they do have this rule it's not enforced. Or at least it's selectively enforced. So, um, yeah, I don't know what you do in this situation. The UFC is a worldwide organization, and either you allow the, the fighters to display the flags they want, or you enforce the rule 100%. Or you have no flags. I'm okay with, I think, any of those cases. But I, uh, I'm not okay with selective enforcement of rules, depending on who is the one uh, in question, which is what the UFC seems to do when it suits it. So... It's a weird situation, and I would like to see, like I said, 100% enforcement, let the fighters display what they want, or they don't display any flags. So, we'll see what happens on the, in, this, in this case. So, I wrote a story today for Bloody Elbow, and I expressed uh, the feeling that the UFC and the athletic commissions should add cardiac tests to the COVID-19 protocol or at the very least look into this because uh, folks who have had COVID-19 are developing myocarditis which is a um, According to the Mayo Clinic, uh, inflammation of the heart muscle can affect your heart muscle and your heart's electrical system, reducing your heart's ability to pump and causing rapid or abnormal heart rhythms. Signs and symptoms of the condition include chest pain, fatigue, shortness of breath, and arrhythmias. One of the signs of it is also fainting, and we know that two UFC fighters uh, passed out recently at um, the apex one before his fight and one after her fight and 
the one fighter who passed out before his fight was told to um, check with a, a cardiologist once he got home and I'm going to assume he is doing that. The first time that this came to my attention was a little while ago when a pitcher for the Red Sox, Eduardo Rodriguez, was shut down for the season after he was diagnosed with this. And then more recently... Um, some college athletes who had had COVID-19 were also diagnosed with this. And then a um, July report from the Journal of American Medical, the American Medical Association, cardiology um, part of that, uh, reported that myocardial injury is a common phenomenon in patients with COVID-19, which is the key evidence that SARS-CoV-2 infection can affect the heart. Its prevalence rate was 19.7% in the report of 416 hospitalized patients with COVID-19. Recently, a meta-analysis summarized that at least 8% of patients with COVID-19 experienced acute myocardial injury, and the rate was roughly 13-fold higher in patients with severe disease treated in the intensive care unit compared with patients without severe disease. Um... One of the alarming things about this is that one of the uh, college doctors said that he had seen patients who had no symptoms, who had myocardial injury, and that is a uh, that's the concern. Normally, you would in some in a case like this, I think normally you would have you would notice this. And you would have some kind of symptoms, but not having symptoms is a is a is a big problem, big issue. And so, what can be done is kind of what um, Dr. Jonathan Dresner said when he spoke to ESPN about this and about the college athletes. He said he employs a five-step process to assess athletes before he sends them. Uh, for a cardiac MRI. So the the MRI is, is not a necessity unless they meet the first four markers on that on that test. And the the treatment is is just rest. So you rest from three to six months and then there's another test. So it's not like it's some crazy treatment for this it's just rest um so we know that this is happening and if safety first and above and beyond safety is the the goal here if you have a fighter who or a support person who tested positive for COVID-19 or who has the markers that they unknowingly had COVID-19 in the past, which is possible with someone who is in good shape and young. They, they could have had this and not known it, or, or not a very severe case. But if, at the very least, if you know that this, these folks had COVID-19 and the numbers in the UFC roster are climbing, um, then, then maybe you require these fighters 
at the very least, the fighters who have tested positive for COVID-19 to undergo this. I don't know. There's not many commissions that require an EKG, and even if they do, they don't require one for every fight card. So I, I think that this is something that should be taken seriously. I think it's something that should be added to, like I said, to the protocol. At the very least, with the folks who tested positive for COVID-19. And I think doing less than that is knowing there could be an issue and not, and not, and not doing anything about it. So you know this could happen. You know it is happening. But you, you're not doing anything about it. I think that's putting fighters at risk. And I don't think it's fair to have the fighters pay for this on their own. But, I mean, that could be the requirement is the UFC could come back and say, okay, if you had COVID-19, then you have to get this testing done and come back with a clean bill of health before we can let you fight. Now, that would stink, but it would not be a surprise. What What is a... An issue here as well is that there have been no um, overall big studies of college-aged or adult-age athletes, high-level athletes. So we don't know the long-term effects of COVID-19 on, on anyone yet. But we do know that the myocardial injuries are happening at a, at a rate higher than than normal for folks who had COVID-19. So, um, at the very least, this should be a topic of discussion. I reached out to Nevada State Athletic Commission. They said that they weren't going to change anything. Uh, I reached out to the UFC. They did not reply. Uh, and once the once things open up, I will reach out to any commission that is going to hold UFC events and see if they're doing anything about it. But it's a concern and I think it's a concern for the colleges as well and that's this is while it might not be the main reason college football is shutting down in some cases it's among among the reasons. So I like I said I I think this should be taken seriously and I think at the very least the folks who have uh, tested positive for COVID-19 should be um, examined for the uh, myocardial injuries. At the very least, you you talk to that to Dr. Dresner, and who is a director of the University of Washington Medicine Center for Sports Cardiology. Maybe you talk to him and say, "Hey, what are uh, what are the four tests?" you employ before the MRI and maybe you uh, maybe the UFC and the athletic commissions employ his five-step process and, and see and see what happens but this is something to pay attention to um, something to watch and see if anything gets done on this front I hope something does and with that I'm gonna call it a night and until tomorrow, stay safe.